Superman Forever Radio, Episode 122, Superboy's Impossible Mission. Welcome to the Superman Forever Radio Podcast. My name is Bob Fisher. This is a show where I talk about Superman. That's it. Right there. All in a nutshell. One phrase, one sentence. A podcast where I talk about Superman. So, what are you going to talk about, Bob? Well, this is a special little... I'm going to drop this one in in February. I meant to do this one a couple of years ago, but February's have been rough... Uh, for me over the last few years. Uh, This one, not so bad. This one, not so bad. So uh, I'm going to drop this one in now because I've been wanting to to talk about this episode, this issue, this story. It's not a complete issue. It's basically a six-page story, and we'll um, talk about it in a few minutes. Uh, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about much because that's really all I want to do now is just talk about this issue and move on a very short little, here we are. Okay, good. But there is some news, a shakeup at DC, apparently Warner Brothers, and I haven't gotten the total details on it, but apparently Warner Brothers and uh, Dan DiDio have separated, gone. Now, I'm sorry for anybody to lose their job. I don't want anybody to lose their job. But it was probably time for Mr. Didio to find another place of employment, or at least something else to do (laughs) at Warner Brothers. He'll land on his feet. You know, he is a clever guy. And uh, uh, he will, you know, he's been at the helm now for quite some time. Not everything he did was, was bad or good. He had some very bad stuff. But he also had some good ideas and some right ideas. Uh, let's not forget, for those of us old guys, uh, he brought back Hal Jordan and Barry Allen. Uh, of course, then he did New 52, and then he did, and then he did, and then he did, and Superman dark and dark and dark and dark and darker. But, you know, I, I, I think a mixed bag is what his record will be at D.C., we really don't know, though. You know, behind the scenes, financially, we don't know what's going on back there. And comic books are not doing well. They're not building a new audience. They're not grabbing a new audience. But uh, I think it says something when the publisher, Dan DiDio, is was totally surprised that reprints of older comics on newsprint at Walmart were outselling brand new, glossy, you know, $4 comics of a 22-page partial story that you may or may not ever see finished. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think if you're surprised by that, uh, you're not paying attention. And I don't really think he has been paying attention. Or I don't know. I don't know what's going on. All I'm going to say, and I've said it enough practically about Dan DiDio, is that... Uh, um, I'm not sorry to see him moving on to something else, and I hope he does well and does whatever makes him happy. That's our goal in life. But I am now uh, interested, 
I'm still not reading the current Superman because Bendis, and I don't care for the storyline that's going on. So why read stuff if you're not having a good time doing it? So I'm not reading that right now. But I am keeping up with some of the news at the Superman homepage. That's supermanhomepage.com for all your Superman uh, needs and queries. You'll get the facts there. You'll find out what's going on at the Superman homepage. They're not quick to jump on rumors. Steve Eunice will not just pass on rumors until something is verified and it's a real story. So you can trust what you read at the Superman homepage. So, uh, you know, take a trek over there and you can probably get a lot more information about the Dan DiDio leaving DC publisher. Apparently Jim Lee will take over uh, those, uh, uh, his duties for a while. We don't know what's going on. Not a lot being, you know, put out. So we'll see. We'll see. Okay. But that's all the news. That's all I'm going to say. The next episode, we'll have email. It'll be a full three-part uh, episode. And in fact, the next four episodes will be fairly long. So, but anyway, here we go with the, uh, right after this uh, little insert, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the back story in Superboy number 85 called Superboy's Impossible Mission. The first story in that episode, in that issue uh, is a two-part story about Mighty Boy. Superboy finds another planet where there exists uh, a teenager and his dog that have superpowers. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the backup story. Okay? Back in a sec. Greetings, podcast listener. My name is Charlie Neymar, and I host a show called Charlie's Geekcast, all about me and what I like, but mostly about what I like. 2020 marks a pretty special year for me. For one thing, I'll be turning 40 this year. But this year also marks 10 years since I started podcasting by talking about Superman's adventures in the Bronze Age. Coincidentally, this year also marks 50 years since Superman entered the Bronze Age. To celebrate all of this, this year I'll be doing a series of episodes called Geeking on Superman in the Bronze Age where I'll be looking at some great Bronze Age Superman adventures that I didn't get around to the first time around. It's a lot of around. So check out Charlie's Geekcast, part of the Two True Freaks internet radio network at twotruefreaks.com. Also, you can find the show at charliesgeekcast.com or wherever you get your podcast. Did you miss me? Just here to tell you that the Management Podcast is returning soon with new episodes, weekly episodes. With Super Friends and the Christopher Reeve movies behind me, we head into the late 1980s with the Ruby Spear Super Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Intercut with episode of Superboy. That's right, Ruby's Bear Superman and the Adventures of Superboy. Coming soon to the Man of Steam podcast at www.com.
A story that has time travel, a famous president, Lex Luthor, red kryptonite, the Kents, all in Superboy's Impossible Mission. Abraham Lincoln Day, it's Abe Lincoln Day in Smallville. Abe Lincoln Day in Smallville. And they're having, you know, events there, festivals. People are giving speeches and talking in parades. And uh, it's a, it's a, you know, people are dressed up in their Sunday go-to-meeting clothes. Clark Kent is there in his blue suit. Uh, you know, Jonathan and Martha are dressed up in their Sunday best. Uh, as the speeches and stuff are going on, and Jonathan, Paul Kent, remarks that what a sad situation, what a shame, what a shame that the great president Abraham Lincoln was murdered. Who knows what he could have accomplished had he not been killed, not been assassinated. Clark thinks to himself, I have an incredible idea, but it's so incredible I cannot even tell my own parents. Later, Clark switches to Superboy, flies out the tunnel, the secret tunnel from his house that leads into the woods, flies out the tunnel, streaks skyward at super speed, ever faster and faster, breaking through the time barrier. Back, back, back. And as he breaks through the time barrier, he materializes on Good Friday, April 14th, 1865. Well, the first thing he does is go to the, the residence, uses his x-ray vision to look for Abe, doesn't see him there, but he sees uh, the wife, Mary, talking to the son, saying, no, do not disturb your father, plus he's not here. He's rented a room over at the Peterson house to do some thinking and to get away. Well, Superboy hears that, sees that, and flies back to the Peterson house using his x-ray vision, looking around, and he sees on the clerk's, on the desk clerk, a note, under no circumstances disturb Mr. L in room 309. Ah, 309, there he is. Mr. L must be Mr. Lincoln. Do not disturb 309. Superboy flies up to the open window, into the open window, and, whoa, what a surprise. There's not Mr. Lincoln there. Mr. L is an adult Lex Luthor. Also stunned by the surprise of Superboy showing up as Lex Luthor. Oh, no, you must have followed me here. But why would you come as... Never mind, it doesn't matter right now. I was expecting Superman, well, at least the older version of you. So I have this. Let's see what happens. And he pulls out uh, a grapefruit size chunk of red kryptonite, which immediately paralyzes Superboy, stands there now stiff as a rock, cannot move a muscle, staring ahead. And Lex Luthor is thrilled, still a little confused, not sure why, and uh, he starts to monologue, because Superboy can't talk now, he can only think. So Lex starts to monologue. The first thing he does is, of course, tell Superboy why he's there, that uh, Superman was hot on his trail so he invented a uh, time machine and has come back to uh, this time period to hide and, and plan his next uh, event and crime against Superman in a way to kill him. What a surprise. And then he says, I'm not sure why you're here instead of Superman. 
And now this is shows that Lex does even what I do. You really do. You just overthink everything, Lex. You, you, you're going a little too far here, and you're not looking at the obvious. But Lex theorizes that somehow, back in his time in 1960, which is where Lex is from, that the adult Superman somehow sent a message, a message back through time to his younger self to come back and catch him. No matter, and Superboy is stunned and he's thinking, oh, stop babbling on. This is, I'm losing time. I need to get going here. But of course, Lex uses this time to monologue and put it up into Superboy's face as he stands there like a statue. Lex says, there's no hurry. And he lays down on the bed and starts to talk about all of the things that he's going to do. While across the street, we we uh, uh, we go across the street and we see Abe Lincoln now leaving the Peterson saying, well, I've got to get home uh, because Mary and I are going to see Our American Cousin, a play at the Ford's Theater tonight. So Abe Lincoln is uh, going back home. Well, Lex Luthor, now we go back to the apartment and Lex Luthor is just still monologue, just going off and on about how great he is and how he can't wait to kill Superman and what he's going to do in the future and the blah, blah, blah. And Superboy's thinking, oh, please stop. Please just <laughs> stop doing this. Lex even does this. He walks up to Superboy, pulls out a match and strikes the match against Superboy's nose lighting a cigar and blowing the smoke in Superboy's face. And again, talking, talking, talking about how great he is. A little narcissistic there, Lex. And by this time now, the play has started. And Mary's asking Abe, what do you think of the play so far? Abe says, dang funny. Our American cousin is a farce. It's a, uh, a comedy. Once again, we go back to the apartment. Lex now is just still ranting and raving, and he's now uh, balled his fist up and is shaking his fist in the face of Superboy. And Superboy sees the clock behind him and says, this is, I've just run out of time. The play has already started. I need to hurry. Lex says, I don't know why you're here. This just bothers me. You should not be here interfering with my plans. And... We flash back again as Superboy is saying, please just shut up, um, or thinking it. We go back to the theater, sick, simper, tyrannus. Pop. Lex, while he's still monologuing, looks out the window. What's going on? Why are all these people dragging? There's a body with them. They're pulling somebody. What's going on over there? Oh, no, the light hits his face, and Lex Luthor realizes, that's Abraham Lincoln. Uh, and in one panel right here, we see the face of Lex Luthor drop as he realizes for the first time, you're not here for me. You came here to stop that as a tear rolls down Superboy's face. Lex Luthor says, oh, no, I don't believe this. I'm evil, but not that bad. If I had knownly known, Lex gets back in his time machine feeling distraught and almost crying, almost in tears. I will now be the one that was used as the tool to stop Superboy from saving Abraham Lincoln. 
Superboy, the effects of the Red K finally wear off. He flies back through the time barrier, back to his own time. And in the last panel, we see the Kents, who have apparently taken a little trip to uh, Washington, D.C., and are standing now in front of the Lincoln Memorial as Clark laments his uh, attempt at saving Abraham Lincoln's life. Seven pages from Jerry Siegel. George Papp did the artwork. Yes, Jerry Siegel. This is the, the backup story in Superboy number 85 uh, from 1960. And uh, the first story is about uh, uh, Superboy going to another planet and meeting um, that planet's Superboy and Superdog known as Mighty Boy or Mighty Lad and, and uh, Mighty Dog, I guess. Uh, a good story, a fun story. I'm joking about it, but it was a fun story. It's a good issue, Superboy 85. But I remember getting this one off the rack as a little kid, eight years old, and uh, reading it over and over and over and over and over and over again. The And both stories, the Superboy visiting the other planet, I love that kind of stuff as... Regular listeners will know I'm big into sci-fi. I love science fiction. The classics, uh, the great stuff, and the crummy stuff. I just love science fiction. And when uh, Superboy and Superman uh, get into some sci-fi and some planet visiting and stuff and weird time travel, I love that stuff. I love that stuff. And in this one, a very poignant story from uh, the pen of Jerry Siegel. What would happen if Superboy had tried to save Abe Lincoln? Such great stuff in here. I love the the artwork all through this stuff. As as uh, as I said during the thing, I didn't tell you what Luther was ranting about, but he was monologuing through the whole thing. After Superboy shows up and surprises uh, Lex in that room, and then Lex hits him with the red krypton. Well, not hit him. He holds it out, and boom, Superboy is paralyzed like a statue. But uh, from that point on, it's Luther monologuing as the scene switched back and forth from uh, the hotel room they're in and what Lincoln was doing, getting ready the, uh, to go to the theater, then going to the theater. And the whole time, Superboy, even though paralyzed, you can see the hurt and the and the uh, uh, anxiety on his face. Some really good artwork. Uh, with George Papp. As I've said before, George Papp became really the Superboy artist. 
and tells a good story through his art. And uh, Jerry Siegel, of course, the creator of Superman, co-creator with Joe Shuster. And, you know, here it is, 1960, and uh, he's still writing for DC, and this time Superboy. So, yay, great story. Okay, that should do it for this uh, little special quick bonus February President's Month Superboy story. Superboy's impossible mission, trying to save Abe Lincoln from being assassinated. One of the other things uh, that I did like about the story is it did drop in a bunch of facts. And I always liked that when, as a little kid, you're reading stuff in the comics and, and uh, you know, they throw little things out there that are true. Ford Theater, the name of the play, our American cousin, uh, a comedy, a, a farce as was written in the uh, local paper at the time. I think it's also, this, you know, you say that, I said that, and one of the things that I that you really don't think about, and I hadn't thought about again until doing this story. And then I read, because it mentioned a few things, so I read a couple of, uh, uh, of the newspaper clippings from that time period and a review of the movie, not the movie, the, the play that uh, Abe and, and Mary were watching at the time. And it is rumor there, they, you know, it's a farce. And apparently it was very funny. In one story of the assassination, it said at the time of the assassination, the audience and probably Abe himself was in the midst of hysterical laughter. So the whole theater, imagine this, this, this small theater with a balcony and a, you know, it's a small theater and they're all in this place and it's hot. But they're laughing, laughing out loud. You can't, you know, it's just a big fart and everybody in the theater is laughing. So they probably didn't even hear the pop and the six Simperturinus death to tyrants. Good story. Seven pages <laughs> and all kinds of emotion and all kinds of facts and all kinds of fun stuff. So thank you, Jerry Siegel. George Papp for this fun little story. Fun. I don't know. Fun is not the word. I think I even remember probably crying a little bit. Not, you know, boo-hoo-hoo cry, but I'll bet I had a little tear as an eight-year-old reading this thing. And particularly in that panel, when you see Superboy crying and the tear rolling down his cheek, he's in the foreground. Lex is in the background and he has just realized what's happened. And Lex's face and Superboy's face tell the whole story right there terrific artwork back in a time when faces and expressions meant a lot listen this was fun i enjoyed this and we have more coming up uh next time as i mentioned to you earlier before but next time uh we're going to take a little trip to the bottle city of candor so thank you if you want to write in send it to bob at supermanforever.com uh check out the website uh, go to the Facebook page, all of those things that, that we try to tell you to do to come and become part of our community. We have both a Superboy page and a Superman Forever. Uh, it's Superboy Forever and Superman Forever podcast pages. So check those out on Facebook. Is that it? I think we did it. One of my favorite stories, little seven page. I think of it all the time. Well, not all the time, but at least once a year. Maybe I'll put it away now now that I've actually talked about it.
Superman is based on the original character appearing in Superman Magazine and Action Comics. Superman Copyright DC Comics. Superman and Superboy created by Jerry Siegel and Jim Schuster. Used by permission of the Siegel family. Executive producer of Superman Forever Radio is J. David Reeder. I am your host, Bob Fisher.
Well, won't somebody tell me Ain't there if you can I want somebody tell me Tell what is the soul of a man 